Madam Chair, a quorum is present. You know what time it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Council Roundup. This is your host, Trent Nelson, and... Well, we got through the previous two council meetings, the final committee of the whole of the 2023 year, as well as the first city council proper of the new year, 2024. We hope that you all have enjoyed your new year, the first days of it marvelously and well we have another great review program lined up for everyone this committee of the whole was relatively brief just a half an hour approximately and a lot got done in that time we have a number of ordinances for committee consideration to discuss they range from CWLP work to general city Topics. We had discussion of the monthly treasurer's report for the month of December from Colleen Ripathfeger, city treasurer. We also had a speaker from the Regional Planning Commission speaking about several innovations. We will have her available for you to listen to. And again, that was it. It was just a half an hour. They boogied. Ward 3 Alderman Roy Williams Jr., was not present. Ward 2 Alderman Sean Gregory noted that Roy Williams Jr. recently lost his mother and that he was absent for the purposes of grieving with his family. From the community, we wish Alderman Williams Jr. the absolute best, his family the absolute best. We know it is a difficult time whenever anyone passes, especially close family. Our hearts and thoughts remain with all of them. And we know that his peers in a horseshoe were also thinking about him last night. Ward 6, older woman Jennifer Notriano was the chair, while Ward 7, alderman Brad Carlson, the vice chair. The chair accepted the motion for the approval of the last committee of the whole meeting's minutes. Going over the city's corporate balance once again. While December's beginning balance was just a skosh over $70 million, well, there was approximately $9 million more paid out than taken in. Hence, the month's end balance was approximately $61.5 million. And that is, of course, after the Treasurer's report was accepted by... The council, Chairwoman Notriano, announced that the Springfield Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission's own Molly Burns was set to speak. We will let her go over that herself. There are presentations. I'd like to welcome to the front Molly Burns of the Springfield Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission to give a brief presentation. Thank you very much. Um, And thank you for allowing me a few minutes of your time tonight. Later this evening, you're going to have before you resolution 2023-612. And that is the annual planning and services agreement between the Springfield-Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission and the city of Springfield. And I just wanted to give a little highlights for those of you who don't know. I always
always come once a year and explain a little bit about what the Regional Planning Commission does and how we serve as your city planners. Um, the Sangamon County Planning Commission was started in 1957, and the Springfield Planning Commissions also started meeting in June of that year. And while the two groups met jointly and shared some of the staff, there weren't exactly the same synergies that needed to be done, so in 1966 they merged. In 1987, the Illinois General Assembly passed the Illinois Regional Planning Act. And what that did is it allowed joint planning commission bodies to be um, merged together and formed between two units of local government. And so the city and the county got together and they merged and thus the Springfield-Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission was in fact created. We are governed by a board uh, made up of uh, the, the mayor or her representative as well as two aldermen and then also the county board chair and two county board members. And then we also have members who are members of special district, for example, the Satter, Satter, ah, Springfield-Sangamon County Metro Transit District and the Sangamon County Water Reclamation District, the Park District, um, the um, uh, Airport Board are all represented, as well as we have private citizens who meet as a part of our, our board um, each month. And... While we are under the, our offices are in the county, so a lot of people think, well, you're a county entity, and we're not. We are a component entity of the county. The way that the law was created by the Illinois General Assembly, because it was a part of the Illinois County's code, the whole structure for the Regional Planning Act is in the county's code as well. And it was by agreement between the city and the county that, in fact, our offices would eventually be housed at the county. Uh, what this does is it saves money. Um, as long as the county has space for us, we do pay some cost allocation, but we only pay $124,000 a year to be in the county building. We have 12 offices. That means just under $3,000 a month, and there's no place in town that we can rent. 12 offices with our computer service, with our security service, with access to lawyers, all of those kinds of things for $124,000 a year. So it is a, a, a huge cost savings to be housed in the county. But even more importantly, we are a totally independent body. We are not ruled by the county board. We do planning services for the city, for the water reclamation district, for the park district, and for any component unit of government that would ask us to do so. Um, we are an independent body, and I take a lot of pride in that. I always say, and I think some, several of you have heard me say, if we are data-driven, and if you really don't are sure what question you want answered, don't ask me, because I'm going to give you the truth, no matter if it hurts and if it's painful, and I think most of you can attest to, to that. We gather a lot of statistics. We monitor the census data. We also complete your zoning analysis for your zoning case that comes through. We also developed comprehensive plans. Back in 2015, we wrote the City of Springfield's comprehensive plan. Two exciting projects we're working on right now and about to finish. In fact, I'll be back on February 6th to give the report of the 9th Street Peoria Road final document. I know that the two of you are excited about that. And we'll start with an implementation plan for that. We do a whole lot of other things um, as well. And I will be happy to answer any questions. Otherwise, I don't want to take too much time up on a really bad weather day. <laughs> Thank so. you, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you will support our, our uh, uh, planning and services agreement. It is, by the way, the same amount it had been last year. So we're running three years in a row with the same amount. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Fascinating stuff. Always interesting to learn about what the different institutions across the community, whether it be public, private, some mixture of each, 
what they get up to, what they see as the future of the community, and of course how they go about attempting to make their vision a reality. And while we have all of the ordinances for our committee consideration to go over and through, as well as a bit of discussion that took place concerning one or perhaps more of them, we're going to take a quick commercial break here on Council Roundup with your host, Trent Nelson. Hold tight. And this is Council Roundup with your host, Trent Nelson. And of course, we have had a great program thus far. You have heard from Molly Burns of the Springfield-Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission. You have also heard concerning the month of December's Treasurer's Report provided to the Committee of the Whole by City Treasurer Colleen Redpath-Fager. And there were a number of ordinances up for discussion, yet many of them, as fate would have it, needed no discussion as per the Springfield City Council, others such as 2023-606, 2023-610, as well as 2023-616, they did require just a little bit of discussion, and we will go into all of those as well before we let you go here on Council Roundup. Yet to begin, we go back to 2023-597 which is an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing proposal UW24-24 for liquid chlorine from JCI Jones Chemicals Incorporated in an amount not to exceed just a thousand south of $360,000. That is $359,000 for the Office of Public Utilities. Of course, as so often we talk about, and we will, especially within the first ordinances, see a lot of ordinances that essentially provide for the various, in this case, the Office of Public Works, the materials and resources that they require to keep the city functioning. And so for many of these ordinances with that aim in mind, no discussion will be necessary. And so for 2023-597, there was no discussion. Easy peasy, closed we will likely see that and many others on the consent agenda next week. Perhaps a few might see further debate. We do not know Alderman Williams Jr.'s thoughts on any of these or on many of them, I should say. So we shall see. 2023-598 is an ordinance authorizing an additional one-year contract extension and additional funding in the amount of $166,500 under contract number UW22-11-67 with Lindy Incorporated for a total amount not to exceed $499,500 for the Office of Public Utilities. As this contract, again, seeks to extend a current agreement with Lindy Incorporated as it concerns carbon dioxide. And of course, the carbon dioxide is utilized by the Office of Public Utilities, CWP, for the treatment of potable water, something that many across the community may not have been aware of, yet such is science that we do not know all of the functions that go into creating the larger functions that we readily enjoy. The contract renewal was 
pushed as current contracts for carbon dioxide are proving more expensive than the current deal that the city has with Lindy Incorporated. And so, again, slam dunk the necessary functions of society continue unabated. 599, an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract UW24-11-70 is, again, along with 598, a necessary function purchasing cationic polymer for use at the water purification plant. It is, for the record, used for raw water turbidity removal by chemical coagulation and acts as a filtering aid. So again, for those complaining about the water quality in the city, this should only bring smiles to faces. Of course, fixing that problem at its source is still necessary, but that is a discussion For another council roundup, or perhaps one of our other programs where we talk to experts in that particular field. 2023 600, 2023 601, and 2023 602. Without discussion, 600, an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract UW24-11-71 for ferric sulfate. 601, an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract UW24-11-72 for fluorosilicic acid. And 602, an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract UW24-11-73 for anhydrous ammonia. Again, while the prices range... From five to six figures, these are the costs of having clean drinking water, whether it be from that which the environment provides that we must clean out or those chemical compounds which we introduce into the water supply and then must remove all taken care of. 2023-603 is an ordinance authorizing the purchase of additional servers in the amount of $85,715.82 under contract number UE24-08-51 with Matrix Systems Group computer servers and ensuring that the city's internet infrastructure and memory banks are all Secured, running quickly and efficiently. Again, this is a slam dunk. 2023-604, an ordinance accepting bids and authorizing contract UE24-09-54 with Electric T&D with Co-Equipment Incorporated in an amount not to exceed $116,066.28. Much like the water we drink and the services that the city of Springfield provides that servers are, of course, required for in our modern world. We all need electricity. And this evacuator is set to replace the previous evacuator, which is being replaced in harmony with this ordinance due to age and the cost of continual repairs. Boom. No discussion needed. 2023-605. Again, we were speaking about digital infrastructure in 2023-603. And with 605, we see an ordinance approving payment to Trimble Incorporated in an amount not to exceed $155,362.54 for annual software maintenance and related services for a one-year term for the 
outage management systems for the Office of Public Utilities. Again, a standard recurring ordinance for maintenance fees, as the city itself noted. As is noted, the most notable benefit of the outage management system is increased system reliability as it aids in the quick assessment and restoration of electric system disturbances. Seems reasonable to be sure, just like all of the other ordinances that we have thus far covered, the departments of our city's government require resources and providing them with those resources is absolutely crucial. But Coming to 2023-606, which is an ordinance authorizing the additional funding in the amount of $600,000 for Andrews Engineering Incorporated for consulting services related to the disposal of coal combustion residuals, or CCR, using the Environmental and Regulatory Initiatives and Rebate Fund, or ERIRF, for a total amount not to exceed one point. 151 for the Office of Public Utilities. Ward 10 Alderman Ralph Hanauer began the discussion. Doug, could you, could you, uh, is this an additional study that we have to do or is this, uh, yes, it is additional studies that we have, to, yeah, that we are, that we would do. Uh, that we, you know, some of them required, some that we want to do, additional monitoring, um, <clears throat> things that, uh, that would basically help us. Uh, move forward with the closure of the ash pond in, in, in that process. Anyone else you think we should add? Uh, okay, I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something we were required to do. Um, well, some of the things we, yeah, we would be, um, we are required to do as a part of this, but some things that, you know, I would say that the, the regs changed a little bit. When, when do we anticipate hearing about our plan from EPA? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be quite a while. Um, right now, as of October 13th, we're ready to start closing them. We finished sending all material. Nothing else is going in there. Um, and by far the best thing for the environment would be for us to start right now closing them. The state EPA is very backlogged on the permitting. We have had our first uh, meeting with them and had them ask for some additional information, but they do not seem very close. <laughs> in general to an issue um the the federal epa is getting involved and we're not going to move forward till they're both on the same page um but so far i think the feedback is good it's just some of the things they've asked for like doug said is it required well there's a few things that they've said well you should have done this or you should have done that and we could have pushed back and said well that's not really required but so, for example, um, U.S. EPA had said, well, we think you're the type of dam that should have studied a thousand-year storm, but you felt you were only needed to study a hundred-year storm. Well, we know we'll be fine in a thousand-year storm, but we will prove to you, you know, we want to go and spend a little money to just make it very clear that our plan is very safe and everything's going to be fine. So it has required a little more front work, but I think it will give the agencies the information that they need to feel comfortable with our plan going forward. But unfortunately, it's out of our control that um, all the scrutiny that they're under is requiring a lot of extra time. And I don't think that US EPA knows what they want of the state, so that's putting the state in a difficult position to move forward quickly. So. Well, my only thing is, is the longer we wait, the more expensive it's going to be. We know what we want to do. Uh, uh, once again, we're waiting on the feds and and the state, and it's getting kind of ridiculous. Same thing with, with uh, you know, Hunter Lake. It's, you know, give us a decision 
and at least that that gives us the ability to move forward and hopefully move forward at a at a cost to the taxpayers that's affordable but us well, and is from the environmental side too it would be much better to stop the hydraulic load there and cover it up but well we don't want what also what we don't want to do is we don't want them to force us to to do a bunch of studies that like they've done with lake two to where it's a continuous <coughs> loss of taxpayers money uh, we've got the money in the EIR, e, the environmental fund, and that that money's for to shut down that that you know. And uh, my concern is, if we keep raiding it, it's going to go down, and we're going to have to get into other other funds in order to do what we want to do with it. And we know if it, if they select the the other the bad option. We're gonna. It's not gonna be good. It'll be a two hundred yeah, million mean, plus right. deal. So, and that's what we're doing. These are a small amount of money to solidify a huge difference right. in cost for the two alternatives. And I mean, we're gonna probably move forward and do some additional stuff too. That where we had sort of said, well, we don't want to do design work until um, we know what you're gonna approve. But I think now we're feeling comfortable enough that. We have a good case, but it will also make it clear to the agencies why it's a good case if we start spending some of this money now and getting the design done. And so, I mean, I think all of this is just a responsible way of using the fund, trying to spend the money now that we can and getting it out of the way. Whatever we can justify that won't be wasted, we're spending now to get it out of the way. It's really not like Hunter Lake where we're just doing extra work. This is really just more solidifying um, and getting a head start on what we want to be doing, hopefully. Okay, thank you. Alderman Carlson. <clears throat> Hold on. Doug. Yes, sir. I mean, I, I, I know this is a process. Is this, are we jumping through all these hoops and fulfilling these requirements and then the federal government is coming back and maybe adding more things? Is that, this, you know, specifically, uh, is that the situation we're in? No, I would say there's probably a few items where it would have been nice to know some of these items maybe back in 2015-16 when we gave them the information. You know, they waited a long time to review it for whatever reason. Um, so that would have been nice for them to get that to us sooner. Um, and maybe the, the you know, the, the you know, our choice of the studies, I guess you might say, which might have changed a little bit, but... Um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's just the nature of bureaucracy. No, I, I agree. No, that's the whole thing. That was my point. I mean, we, we, we it's like they move in the goalposts on those the whole thing. Yeah. We, we we clear these hurdles. We, we fulfill the requirements. Right. And they come back for more, much like what Alderman Hanauer said. It's the same thing we've known with Hunter Lake as well. Right. We do all this stuff, and they just keep coming back for more and more and more at some point. Yeah. You know, something to do. So, okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Alderman Conley. Yeah, hang on, Doug. Um, just real quickly, does this... Does this ordinance include any design funding? That's not, not really, not no. I okay. mean, there's, it's, if there's anything, it's just some slight stuff that is part of the studies and stuff. You know, that would be an additional step, you know, once we get through this, these things. Thank you. Fascinating stuff. We will, of course, likely see this on the consent agenda or at the very least on the discussion agenda during next week's city council meeting. 2023-607, an ordinance approving the purchase of various parts for Dalman Unit 4 from Toshiba America Energy Systems Corporation for the upcoming spring outage in an amount not to exceed $1.1 million for the Office of Public Utilities. No discussion, 
Boom. We're moving on. 2023, 608. An ordinance accepting the state of Illinois' planning and research program grant funding opportunity, 1439-1327, from the Illinois Department of Transportation in an amount not to exceed $400,000 in relation to the Springfield Smart City and Asset Management Program for the Office of Public Utilities. No discussion. We're boogieing. 2023-609. An ordinance approving the plan for the large-scale development of Menard's self-storage for the Office of Public Works. No discussion. We're moving forward. We've come to, however, 2023-610, an ordinance accepting the lowest bid and authorizing the execution of contract number PW24-08-49 with Rayhan Bros. Incorporated and Sangamo Construction Company for Poplar Place Street Improvements in an amount not to exceed $2,791,248.13 for the Office of Public Works. Alderman Sean Gregory, however, motioned for debate. He recalled concerns concerning the increase in funds, but he has it explained to him that some leftover money from the CARES program was reappropriated to use in the Street Improvement Fund. Alderman Gregory recalled at that point that the original money was about $1 million. This was then confirmed, at which point no further discussion was requested, and the motion to continue on carried. 2023-611 is an ordinance authorizing the final payment for the purchase of real estate located at 1330 East North Grand Avenue pursuant to a stipulation and settlement agreement in the amount of $55 million to be filed in the circuit court of the 7th Judicial Circuit, Sangamon County. Case number 2023-ED-00002, of which $28,500 in preliminary just compensation was previously deposited with the Sangamon County Treasurer's Office on July 28th of 2023 for the Office of Public Works. No further discussion was necessary on 611, and so we kept on a boogie This, of course, brought us beyond the Office of Public Works and CWLP-related ordinances into general city business where we saw some ordinances that moved quickly and also saw some that required a bit of chatting. 2023-610 is an ordinance authorizing the execution of an intergovernmental cooperation agreement with the Springfield Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission, which you heard Molly Burns discussing earlier on, for the 2024 planning services while authorizing payment in an amount not to exceed $200,000 from January 1st, 2024 through December 31st, 2024. No discussion was necessary. Boom. We keep boogieing onward to 2023-613, an ordinance approving an amendment to the rules of procedure for the city council. No discussion was necessary here. We kept on. 2023-614 is an ordinance authorizing a decrease in the number of Class D liquor license by one for the Parvenir Group, Incorporated, acting as MJ's Fish and Chicken Express, located at 716 East Enos Avenue. No problem. We kept on a boogie in. No discussion was necessary. 2023-615 is an ordinance to increase the number of Class A liquor licenses by one for the Crafted Stag Supply LLC, which will be known outwardly by those around the community as Crafted Stag Supply for the business located at 
3455 Freedom Drive. This is another no-brainer, easy one, boom, 2023-616, needed a bit of discussion. It is an ordinance authorizing the purchase of additional trash and recycling receptacles from contract number PW23-36 with Sitescape Incorporated in an amount totaling $77,490, but not to exceed the amount of $228,042 for the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. Alderwoman Lakeisha Purchase asked where the trash cans were set to go. 36 trash receptacles were still needed, and Alderman Sean Gregory noted that downtown has considerable traffic near historical sites and definitely needs more bins as a result. Beyond that, there was no further discussion, and the motion carried. Now, as we are winding down here on the Council Roundup, we appreciate you hanging out with us as always. Chairwoman Notriano asked if there was any unfinished business, and with no unfinished business, asked for any new business for the council to bring up. Alderwoman Erin Connolly of Ward 8 thanked her colleagues on the council, as well as the Prairie Center Against Sexual Assault. Sean Gregory, meanwhile, thanked constituents, the police, and the public works crews for coordinating to catch a, quote, fly dumper in his ward. Police used license plate systems to track the dumper down. And he noted that the city continues to combat the issue and that his immediate constituents as well as the residents of the city were happy with this particular outcome. Alderman Jim Donlan of Ward 9 issued a reminder that the budget season was beginning and would stretch out across Wednesday and Thursday of this current week while it was also Law Enforcement Appreciation Day of which Alderman Donnellan led the applause for police. And while the director of community relations, Ethan Posey of Mayor Misty Bush's administration, mentioned that Tuesday was also the 110th anniversary of his fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma, also known as Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Founders Day. And he wished a happy Founders Day to his fellow fraternity members. That was the end of our city council and you know what time it is that means it's the end of our council roundup as well a good positive council roundup lots of interesting ordinances that you will see on the consent or debate agenda this coming tuesday and until then Stay yearning for the learning and keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of the latest innovations, both positive and negative, across Springfield and the general vicinity. For Council Roundup, this is your host, Trent Nelson. Have a wonderful rest of your week. 